Hello and welcome to this episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Mullen, and uh, you can contact the podcast uh, via Twitter, uh, at Justin Mullen. You could email me, justin.wullen at cisco.com, or you could contact us on LinkedIn and other things like that. You didn't so, do the two O's and one L. Oh yeah, I forgot two O's and one L. do that. Here we go. That's we, part of your trademark. I know, I know. So as do you can again. tell, as you can tell, we've got a uh, Joachim's back. Yeah. <laughs> and funnily enough, it's Little Friday. You don't need to say it with such foreboding. I'm not trying to save a football. I am here in my capacity as the official backup guest host. You are. <laughs> you are the guest host. I relish the role and, I'm, and, I, and I thank you for the you're, opportunity you're to welcome. join you again. Uh, I didn't even invite Mark to this one. No, you didn't. But there is, there's someone else in the room. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm already enjoying myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Is this Gabriel like this? <laughs> All right. We'll get to you in a uh, we're joined. <laughs> All right, you two, calm down. Sorry. Right. Uh, we're joined by Andy Brocklehurst. Hello, Andy. Hey, Justin. Do you want to, want to introduce you? What's your name, where you come from? Oh, so Andy Brocklehurst. I'm now the collaboration lead for Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Russia. Oh, wow. That sounds, oh. In, that sounds Large highfalutin. Area. Large area. Yeah. That sounds highfalutin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's a highfalutin job, that is, isn't mm, it? it is. um, so we haven't just brought you in to have a bit of banter because we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the concern about this podcast that we'll just go totally off piece. Um, but is that wait, a concern? Is it really a concern? No, not really. No. There was that time where we went off piece for twenty minutes, and you had to edit it. I didn't. I didn't edit it in the oh, end. Did you not? Oh, that's okay. why one of the people was listening, Catherine, and went, "I don't even know what you two were talking about." Oh, in yeah, the end. That's right. Anyway, uh, if you want to listen to that one, that's the data center one that we recorded, and I had a hangover. Quick plug: lots of downloads. Lots of it has. Lots. You are. You are got more. Down- I, this is about collaboration, isn't it? No, it is. Oh, this one's about collaboration. Oh, yeah. You realise that Andy and I will now get really, really competitive about the number of downloads. Well, you're winning at the moment. At the moment, okay. Andy's on zero. No so pressure, far. Andy. Okay. So we're talking about different ways of working and uh, the changing ways of working, and how, as the collaboration lead, your view of how you're seeing it across all those sectors you just mentioned. Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Russia, mm. and where we're going in the future with this, and where we're developing this, and getting your basically your views and points of view on this, and what do you see? What does the market look like? Does that is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, it is. Is that what you want to talk about? That'd be marvelous. Thank you. you, see, you people care what you think, Andy. Yeah, great. I mean, I don't, but Justin does, and many people do. So, so oh, let this me, is, this I, is I don't oh, believe that for a second. No, it's true. I'm only winding you up. Biggest thing, biggest change I'm seeing right across the region is the pace of change right it is you know i only look after collaboration if you think about what our partners or our customers have to look after you know it includes very interesting things like data center uh enterprise networking <laughs> Say that once more with feeling but a lot of non-cisco things Snow. as well so the, the the pace of change is quite frightening and trying to keep up with that is equally as frightening so um as you both know uh, i'm a long-suffering west ham fan we do uh, know that. So let me let me use my my support of such a fantastic club to paint an example of exponential change. So if you if you imagine we move to the best stadium in the UK, the London Stadium, uh, don't pay a great deal of rent for it, <laughs> um, but we moved in there at the beginning of last season. And um, if you imagine, uh, Justin, you stood there on the centre circle, and you dropped two drops of water, and every fifteen seconds. You drop the same again. So two, four, six, eight. Do you know how long it would f- take to fill the London Stadium with water? Both of you could join that. I mean, that's that. Both of you could join it. Did you, did you hear start. that? That was my brain sort so of worrying. So a drop, a drop of water, two drops of water every every fifteen seconds. every fifteen seconds. 
That's just too much for me to think about. So two is ex- so exponential. Two, four, six, eight. So you keep. Oh, you do two drops, then four drops, and all oh, right. Okay. Oh, I see. Well, that so would have an accelerating factor. All right. Exponential. So here we go. There's so a clue in the word exponential. <laughs> all right. I didn't even know what that means. Okay. So how? Quick guess. Oh, years. Years. Any any improvement on years? Uh, I'm trying not to read what's written up there. <laughs> I don't it, want to steal your thunder, Andy. It would Andy. actually take nine minutes, nine minutes to fill the London Stadium. Now, there'll be some artistic licensing, actually, because the stadium is going to be a 10,000-seater stadium. But, um, you know, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> but it would take nine minutes to fill that, fill that stadium up because it would be 68 billion drops of water. Now, other question for my quiz, and I know you're going to be asking me questions, but I'm much happier I know this I way am. around. This is like a pub quiz. Is, is where would you want to be in that stadium, if you see that happening, where would you be? What, uh, to watch a game or to when it's no, filling no, up? to watch it filling up. As it's filling up. At the uh, top? Yeah. <laughs> see, most people would say that, right? But really, you want to be by the centre circle so you can see the puddles start to build. You go, oh, this is looking a bit of a problem. I'm going to get out of this stadium. If you're up at the top, by the time it hits you, it's too late. You've right. already drowned dead. So this is the bit about... <laughs> so it's, it, this, this story starts at a really good place, is it, about I have, no, <laughs> I have no clue where we're going with this. In the London Stadium. So the idea is... So where we're going with this is you should be... You should be as close to the change as possible to be to react to the change. Oh. All right, so a lot of what I'll be talking about is how do you start to see the changes occurring within the business and act fastest to them. All right? And these are the, some of the things we'll start to touch on. But it's just a way of me crowbarring in the <laughs> fact that I'm a West Ham fan and they're a brilliant club. You know, unfortunately, you're a Cardiff fan and you're an Arsenal fan. But, you know, they're, nothing, they're just... Neither of those things are unfortunate. We've all got our crosses to bear. We do. The, uh, yeah, we, it's all right. we have it's got good. yet another final we need to attend. Oh, well, well, okay, fair point, oh, mate. Oh, obviously, now you're giving a timestamp. Well, no, I'm just... Oh, well, okay. Well, uh, just yet another... Well, yeah, another final we need to attend. I mean, it's such a cross to bear, as Andy said. But I won't dwell on it because I've been given into trouble for offering a timestamp. Well, not it's just because yeah, because that means people will know when we've got it, and then they don't know how late down from recording it to putting it out. Oh, so it's to protect your own schedule, my own inept right, of getting so them out on time. Again. About me not oh, editing okay. them in time. All right. Well, this will put you under pressure to get this out sharpish. All right, I'll put myself under pressure because we're playing Man City on the on the weekend as well Ooh. in the FA Cup. Oh, well. So I'll look forward to which I'm going to with my dad, and I'll look forward to <laughs> losing. Heavily. I'm being honest. I'm being heavily, on, heavily. All right, <laughs> rub my nose in it. Right. Okay. Um, so you've done your little analogy of of droplets of water being closer to the change. Um, but how are we people working differently? And I know we're very in a very privileged position. I think. Um, because we're at Cisco and we use a lot of technology all the time, and we are, and we are very a collaborative and flexible way of working, don't we? Is that a fair thing to say? Yes, we do. All right, so we we kind of take a lot of it for granted. But if you if you look at so your question was how do, how is it that people are working differently, and how do I link that to the rather spurious story about the London Stadium? Um, so if if the if the pace of change is that fast. Companies need to be far more agile. So this whole thing around digital disruption, digitalization, they need to be far more agile in the way in which they meet. So teams forming and informal or matrix teams forming uh, very quickly at an instant to try and create innovation with the company has become more critical than ever. I think there's some statistics around, is it by 2027, three quarters of the um, S&P 500 
are companies we won't have heard of. All right, so that's the disruption taking place within our market. So if you've got to enable teams to meet faster in a more agile way and anywhere in the world, all right, because it's not necessarily they're coming to a room like this, but that's that's the big change is to how do we how do companies make faster decisions? So communication and collaboration is quite a critical component to that. But I think I mean I think on that and I and I, and I sort of come at this from you know an employee and, and someone who is consuming the technology and also having experienced the change even in, in, in the last few years in, in terms of how we go about things. Um, and the big one for me is, is, is always, you know, the simpler and easier and the less compromise you have to make in the experience is, is the bit that kind of makes it, right? Because we can all sit there and we, you can do email and you, there's, all, there's, there's no shortage of ways in terms of how we stay in touch with one another. Mm. You know, and, and, and arguably there are far too many, right? Because people are forever criticising me because I walk along with that kind of bowed head with my head into my phone trying desperately to keep up with the avalanche of messages on whichever platform it's coming in, whether that's in or out of work. Um, but 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 similarly, if you can then get to that point, well, actually, well, if I can go and with a click of a button, almost have a high quality experience, and have the team there that I need for that period of time and for however long mm. you need it, that that that's the sort of thing that I've really felt maybe in the last year or two that has that has been a significant improvement, perhaps even on you know my first experience in joining Cisco, which is what nearly ten years ago now. Yeah, so let me give you, can I indulge in another little story? Yes, please do. Okay, so we've, we're just past Christmas. And if you take the concept, so I've got two children, as you know. In fact, they're rather grown-up children. Mm. Uh, they're 21 and 20. And um, all of us that have got kids will know that experience on Christmas morning when you present the gift to your son or daughter. So my son, Oliver, is a gamer. So I present him with this gift, and the gift is a game called Battlefield. Now, Ollie is a... He's a uh, Call of Duty fan and a FIFA fan, but he's Call of Duty in that, in that context. And so when he opens this game and he realises Battlefield, you can see the expression <laughs> on poor Ollie's face that Dad's got it so horribly wrong. Right? So he looks, he says thank you because he's a very polite child, but you can tell as a parent that that is not a genuine, <laughs> pleasurable smile that is emanating from his face. Have you come and seen that again? When you, have you seen that with your kids? When you well, I had so, I, so I've got five children, um, so uh, so I, I have that opportunity uh, manyfold. But the experience this the, the experience this Christmas was slightly different, and so much that uh, my son Zef, um, he's reached an age where actually having a, a device is something we want him to have. Um, and uh, in some respects, we kind of consolidated Christmas and birthday uh, into a bigger present, and he got his uh, his device, uh, his phone, for Christmas, and he was absolutely delighted, and we got it absolutely spot on. He was totally and thoroughly, you know, beside himself with joy. His younger two brothers, however. <laughs> Uh, were deeply unhappy at the total injustice in the fact <laughs> that he'd been given this phone and uh, and they weren't you know yet of an age to receive one. So you can't win. Is the I, I'm going to try and bring this back on paper. Why has that got to okay. do with what we're talking about? Th- thank you, Justin. So look, you, uh, well, you brought up Christmas. If you, if you look at this, so, I didn't. So that game Battlefield, we'll bring it back on to the Sorry. game Battlefield. Um, it remains to this day in its cellophane, never used. All right, so we gave him a toy. It wasn't a toy he wanted or could use. Now, going back to the opening point that Joachim made, this is what happens in business. So rather than it being me and Ollie, imagine that the parent equals CFO, the child equals user. So you can see the analogy there between Call of Duty, Battlefield, wasn't the, wasn't the toy that Ollie wanted, 
never used it. The same applies, right? So sometimes it's very easy for a CFO to take the line of least resistance um, and it may be, well, I've got a Microsoft E3 uh, contract currently running. Um, it'd be what, easy what's, what's that? What's an E3? I'm trying, we're trying to... It's like, a, it's like um, an enterprise agreement where a, a company's already bought into it. It's very easy, a suite of applications, and it, may, it makes it very easy for a customer to consume a number of different applications um, from, from Microsoft. So the easy thing to do is say, well, look, there you go. I've bought a suite of applications. It made it very easy for us to procure as a CFO, and it was very cost-effective to do so. But actually, the experience is so miserable. But what the users do is they go and use WhatsApp. They go and get Slack. They go and use Spark. They go and download, and you end up with this shadow IT environment where the user goes and gets what they want because actually what that suite of applications did, and it's not exclusively Microsoft, by the way. It can be multiple different vendors. But that's what I mean by sometimes the line of least resistance in terms of procurement can end up with a completely miserable user experience that the user was saying, I'm not working that way, I'm going to go and do my own thing. But how does that align to... So what are we doing differently then? Great, okay. Lovely little segue. So if you imagine, I didn't even plan that bit, but I'm no. going, that's great, you've just... <laughs> so I kind of talk quite regularly about meeting misery. And I think, again, you know, our customers, our partners, and even sometimes internally within Cisco, we can relate to meeting misery. And that can be anything from you walk into a room, First conversation is, who's got the dongle that enables me to project my presentation onto the screen? Or who's got an HDMI connection? Um, and then it can move on to, well, I need to get onto the web conference. What's the web pin? Oh, there's a video conferencing system here. Who's got the SIP dial-in for this particular video conference? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You lose 10 to 15 minutes of every meeting from that complete miserable experience. So what do we do differently? Um, have you imagined that again, that we've walked into a room and actually, the screen in which you're about to present on says, hello, Joachim. It even knows you've walked into the room. So you're already paired to the system. You can actually come to a point where you can say, start meeting. So it's got voice activation to actually start the meeting. Um, it's got uh, either, um, I've even forgotten the name of it now, wireless pairing. Mm -hmm. Proximity. Proximity, yeah. I'll, I'll edit that bit out. Or, um, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll highlight that bit. Um, or, or, it's, or it's paired with the Spark application itself. So the fact that you can just um, wirelessly pr uh, present without any cables, it then links and it's become a web conferencing, a video conference. So the whole thing's done. And then rather than have a dry marker pen like this room here, you've got the whole experience back again where you're using the um, interactive whiteboard in the same meeting. So I'm just I'm just making making sure that I've I and I obviously I do understand what you're saying, but I've got my my head of of somebody listening to this now, and they're going. So you've talked about a lot of things there. You've talked about walking into a room. What is it that's detecting it? What is it that knows you're in the room? Is it that is that what is that Sparkboard then? Is it or, or what? Yeah, in that instance, what what's happening is a Spark application on the mobile device. So we have talked about Spark. So go back to listen to that podcast if you want to. That was another very good one with Zubair. But we have talked about Spark. Could you want to, can you do a quick synopsis of what Spark is? Yeah, so Spark is a platform. It was built from the ground up. It was a brand new platform built three years ago. It, in, it encompasses meet, messaging, and calling, right, including the video calling side of it. So it takes the different spanning things. So conferencing, both from a meeting perspective, will be video and web conferencing. It'll have the calling aspect to it, but it's messaging in a persistent chat client. It's one platform that integrates all of those different experiences together. And where you talked about bringing those people together very quickly in an instantaneous moment and getting to make decisions very closer to the point of, what was it you said? 
Yeah, no, so so if you what this is, this is concept of the before, during, and after a meeting. So if you take this podcast for an example, we had a, a spark space that was created, and we had a lot of interaction as to what will be the podcast and what's the content and what are the sort of things we're going to talk about. And all that's been ignored, by the way. It has, yeah, it completely. <laughs> it, it, we went straight away during the meeting. We're in it now, okay? Yeah. So we're in it, and you've got the live experience, and you can actually record that. But then also, then after is what was agreed. And what was done so if you take that concept and how do companies communicate and message internally and share information internally quite often if you're talking externally outside of cisco it'll be email all right it'll be uh dropbox it'll be uh, a box it'll be sharepoint so there's all these different very disparate ways in which you can communicate and share information what spark does it just means it pulls it all together in that mm. before during and after experience okay I got it. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. And I'll, I'll, I'll head off in a slightly different direction. This is a, a slightly dry, and I can imagine there'll be a, a bit of a yawn that will come from this. But so if you can go into the vision and the, and the strategy that enables this to occur. So the vision, very concise terms, yeah. and I'll try and bring it, bring it back onto West Ham in a second, is Please the vision is, is how do you have a consistent, delightful experience that spans all modes of communication? So delightful experience not a miserable experience a delightful experience that spans all so getting the christmas present you want yeah, absolutely all right and regardless of operating systems so it doesn't matter if it's android if it's, uh, it's ios or it's windows we don't care it's a completely open environment now the strategy to deliver on that is a three-pronged strategy so it's about user experience which we've talked a lot about to be honest when customers come in here and partners come in here to cisco the thing they they say that is your key differentiator is user experience. Mm -hmm. It is the thing that means the biggest difference because it doesn't matter if it's on a, an iPhone, a tablet, every, every different thing, a way in which people will access it. The big green button. You want to join a meeting? Just press a big green button. Easiest thing to do. The second piece is cloud connected. So it doesn't matter if it's our cloud. It's the, it's the, it's the kind of multiple clouds. How does it integrate in a cloud connected way? And then the final one is the value extended. Because really, in, when you're looking at workflows, you really want to embed it into the business application that's critical to that business. And they don't want to see that it's Cisco or it's Microsoft or it's Slack or it's Google. It needs to be almost hidden. So the, the, the collaboration experience is something the user doesn't even think about. And that's what we mean by the value extended piece. And you can only do that through an open API bit. So that's enough of the dry stuff. Did, did, one of the questions I was going to uh, ask, because um, I, I guess a subject, and it goes back to user experience, and actually... You know, users, if, if it's a great experience, they, they love to talk about it, they love to show, and, and things will kind of proliferate, uh, at, you, you know, almost organically and naturally. Yeah. Which, which, you know, which is great, but, but sometimes that isn't enough. Are there things that we, you know, that, that, that we can do that actually help, because, you, you, you know, help the individuals, help companies, help our customers with the whole, if you like, adoption of these things to show them how, you know, show them the way in some respects, how, how easy it is so that you can sort of almost start that ripple effect. Yeah, I think, I think we've been guilty of um, getting a bit carried away with how beautiful our things look. <laughs> so if you look at the spark board, and we've done this internally, right? So we'll go and put spark boards into some of the executive offices. And, um, and I went into my, my, uh, my boss's boss's room, Wendy Mars's room, and, um, and, and I saw her using her desktop video system and I said why aren't you using your smart board and it's for that reason right no one had really gone in and said this is actually how you use this to its advantage mm -hmm. and it was actually that you could use your mobile phone to initiate the video call and it wouldn't you don't need to press a button it would just detect there was a video board there and it would initiate the video call 
So I think that the, the um, adoption services, and I think this is either a Cisco um, service offering or a partner offering, is something that we really need to embed into how we how we execute and deliver um, that experience mm. going forward. Because that's the big thing. I mean, we did a podcast on this a long time ago with Alison Vincent, and it was all about um, success of digital projects, mm. or di- or d- the success of digital rollouts, and, and we did a survey. and And the biggest thing was around adoption of people. Are, when first thing was when a con- pro- when a digital project happens, the staff aren't consulted. It's made at, like you said, maybe at a high chief executive level, maybe CFO level, CIO level. Somebody makes a decision and goes, right, that's what we're doing. And nobody from the actual who's using it gets involved. So there's a disconnection there straight away. So what is this? Why, am I, why have we got this, this new application or this new thing in the room? And because of that and the lack of training that happens and the lack of communication on on adoption and why we've got it, why is it valuable to you, and keep the, the, the users... Because people are, I mean, generally speaking, we all talk about, oh, you know, I really embrace change and, you know, change is a great thing. But generally speaking, we're human beings. We don't really like the prospect of too much change. And when it's forced upon you and you're not sort of thinking about it and, 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 and it's not coming from you, mm-hmm. it's not something you yourself have discovered, it's not something that you yourself are comfortable with, you know, that you, you almost get that kind of railing against it, right? You get the kind of... Um, it's not so much the protest vote, but it's it is back yeah, to that thing yeah. you say. Something won't get adopted because actually we haven't we haven't taken the care and attention to, uh, and if to, that to help is, people. And if that's something that's been so that is something that's been baked into our our collaboration offerings around this. So being able to life go cycle practices, life cycle practices, yeah, yeah, And I think you know the other thing you've got to remember, and I know that the the, the audience varies in terms of who will listen to this podcast. But if you look at it um, for all of those areas, be it internal. Um, partner or, or customer beforehand you know the 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 dream of what we could deliver through our through our offerings in the in the old model if you didn't do it it was almost like well that's a shame all right it was it was but it was it's there is there something we can do to improve it in the model where we're looking at subscription and annuity where the risk shifts to the partner and to Cisco away from the customer the need for it to be able to deliver so, on the so, dream. So, in this sense, annuity of going, you just pay for it as 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 you pay as you, not pay as you go, but yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll come on to I'll come on to the subscription piece because it's, it's something that probably needs explaining because it's a way in which you just make this a far easier migration journey. But coming back onto this thing around the need for adoption services is if if the customer doesn't see the value in in what we've delivered in moving forward into this different uh, business model for us, they will simply turn the license off. Right, so the need for us as, as, and our partners to embed this into what we do is critical because it needs to deliver on the promise. And the only way it can deliver on the promise is if the full um, utilization and understanding of the benefit it can deliver is understood. And that comes in that adoption lifecycle so, practice. So from a customer's perspective then, if you're looking at this and you're looking at new collaborative platforms that allow you to communicate in the, in the, new, in the, new, in the new way of working, you need to be really thinking about of having that embedded in the offering you'll get from the vendor then of, of the adoption services how are you going to help me adopt this how are you going to make sure this is successful for me you absolutely they should the customer should absolutely ask that but we should be saying that this is something that we need to include mm. and our partners need to include so it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a customer only pull it should be us saying that this is something that's quite critical because we need to ensure it works because if you look at the whole concept of um uh, you know land adopt expand renew you know, we won't get to the renewal cycle if if actually the value of this new uh, collaborative way of working, enabling teams to reach each other in a far more agile and dynamic way, if that doesn't become a reality, they'll go. That was just a 
it was a full stream and they'll just literally flick the license yeah. off and won't renew because yeah. we haven't we haven't you know i mean i you know when i talk about these things you talk about earning the right it's almost like earning the right to con- for for you know to continue to be someone who p- supplies a service of whatever sort to our customers um and you know that's been one of the shifts i think certainly in the last few years where you know the i i, get, I think the it industry as a whole got very used to one way of doing things and then actually it just became much more about consumption much more about adoption and us earning the right through the through the quality of the experience but also the help that we give um, or can give to, to make sure that you, you know users are comfortable with what and, and like what they've got and therefore continue to use it to- totally you know i think our differentiation used to be around how we how we put the money into r&d into innovation and we still do that mm. but it was around product differentiation this is around how do we make sure that what the customers this is more about what the customers trying to achieve mm. and then working back from that i think we had a product and we looked to try and find a problem to yeah. solve and it's the other way around can I ask a question? So you might that um, we don't need to answer it now. But obviously, one of the things I mean, I've I've known you for many years. I don't know if it, now it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for many many years, and despite that, we're sp- we're still talking. Um, but you know, you, one of the the changes in I guess your day to day and in your role has been you know previously quite focused within one geography culture, if you like, yeah. UK, and now you know you said it yourself, you're across a, a you know a very broad region with lots of different cultures do you see any differences you know in terms of we were talking about adoption are other parts of it that you know the EMEA region that are more comfortable with with video perhaps and others which are more comfortable with using spark and obviously i'm using you know cisco's kind of technology terms here but do, do you see any of those differences in your as huge you, yeah. huge variation so if you look at um you know part of your motherland you know from uh, the the nordics yeah i was going to say scotland <laughs> <laughs> well that's both but we'll come on to that. So if you look, if you, look you know, I always, I always look at um, the Nordics as, as almost the, the early indicator as to the trends that are going to impact in, in the industry across Europe and then, and then further afield into uh, the Middle East and Africa and into Russia. So quite often that is an indicator of some of the trends around things like uh, moving to a cloud-connected mobile first world. Um, you know, and the, and the fact that actually in Norway, no one buys a, a premise-based PBX and no one puts a lump of plastic on the desk. They're working in a very different way. Highly that, that lump of plastic being a phone. It, 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 not, it wasn't it, Justin. Indeed, and, and, and again, <laughs> a, a, a highly attractive and um, very lucrative uh, <laughs> a, a phone at that. So you know, don't don't move away from having a lump of plastic on the desk because they're brilliant. But um, you know, there are certain markets that have started that trend already. Very uh, high users of video, as you also see in in Italy and in Spain. Um, there are some cultures. Why, why, why is that then? I just the, the uses of video of of, of they're obviously very vain. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I just think it's a more culturally accepted way of working. And again, when you when you start to link into millennials and different workforces, usage of mobile and mobile uh, video is is quite prolific. Because that's uh, yeah. Because my, my well, millennials. Well, my my, my, no, my daughter's not millennial. Is she no, she's only why are you seventeen. Asking us? I don't. Know, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember how old she is. Hi, Kira. Um, <laughs> but she, you mean she lives on video. She's either chatting in a, in a in a Instagram thing, sharing photos, sharing media, or Snapchat, or she's banging on, on onto FaceTime, and she's like, and that's where she and she's the voice call. I tell you, what, trying to phone my kids, they'll text. You can text them, you can message them in other forms. You try and have a phone call with them; they won't answer. No, they don't want to. Even mine at twenty, you know, twenty-one and twenty, they don't. They don't want a phone call. They um, they'll literally, 
they'll they'll try and find any other way. I mean, cause I think my but they'll video. Renewed. They'll do a video call. <laughs> they will, but with friends. All right. So they are, they wouldn't necessarily. So my we, my daughter had to renew her insurance, um, and she was saying, "Well, I'm not doing it. She can't do it online. Can you?" To my wife, can you phone up the, the insurance company and change my <laughs> insurance policy? Because she didn't want to speak to somebody. So it's a different way of working. They just work in a, in a different way. But uh, just going back onto that point, you know, if you look at the other parts of the region, some of the, um, some of the areas are, are also driven by, they're highly regulated. So that has an impact in the way in which people communicate. Because a lot of what we talked about is cloud connected. If you go even to Germany, so this isn't about something, somewhere like Saudi Arabia or UAE. If you go to Germany, data sovereignty is a key issue. They need the data center to reside within um, within their boundaries mm. for them to start to roll out some of these types of technologies. So then, this goes into the cloud, because I was going to bring you back to this about the cloud connector, because you did say it, but I wanted to get a bit more around what is it, what do you mean by cloud connector? So this is where the call control, the thing that's making your video experience and your collaboration experience such a great experience, that is managed and run out of a data center uh, yeah. or cloud so if you look at how spark is today and i'll, I'll talk a little bit of where it's going to be um, relatively shortly as well is that spark the platform the data center currently resides within um within the us so that when i'm saying the data center the data center where the files reside so you know when you put files into the spark space um, or, or example like on, on other open platforms you put them in there and they could be anywhere in the world you have no clue where they are absolutely so the files reside there the actually the communication up into the video is the the video data center it sits and resides within um uh texas as well as does the um meeting platforms although there's a number of different meeting platforms where this the, the data centers reside around the territory but what we are doing is we're moving and having um, three data centers that will be in Europe, and this will get around some of the issues around data sovereignty. But in the instance of Germany, but the same applies to Russia, all right? Imagine the Russians are saying, can you take this Spark platform? And by the way, your files are going to reside in California or Texas. They're going to, do you know, we'd rather leave that alone. Thank you very <laughs> <Yeah>. much. Thanks <laughs> for asking, <laughs> but we're right. <laughs> yet. Um, so, you know, we've got some challenges around that, around compliance and regulation bills, data, data sovereignty. Um, so they're, they're things that will impact the way in which these different geographies can roll mm. it out. But there is a cultural thing, like I talked about, those countries that will use video more than others. I think even in the UK, we're, we're not so great at using video and turning video on on our WebEx because, you know, it's just like, well, I don't want people being in my, uh, in my home office. So quite a lot of people don't turn the video on. So I just think there's a, there's a cultural thing in there as well. I think there's other things. I mean, I, I think some you look at certain... Um geographies or countries or environments and, and actually the supporting infrastructure you know I think about you know um, I would very much like to do video calls and whatever else if I'm traveling on the train or I you know I happen to be between meetings somewhere you know I have no issue with that but but if I can't get the quality of experience or you know the, or the signal whether it's wi-fi or whether it's 4g 5g as it, as it will be in some cases so I do think certainly in the UK there's there's a bit of you know we talk about it but there is a bit of catching up to do just in terms of that supporting infrastructure that that, oh, that, that gives us that quality you, experience you, you compare that then even to places like Africa and some of the um well, some of the Middle yeah. East uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries they've they're definitely you know almost I went to Dubai about six months ago and there's still a TDM IP migration story taken. A lot less classic uh, telephony um, uh, calling and just starting on the video piece. They're not there with the kind of the Spark uh, rollout uh, schedule yet. And, and and we have. I mean, actually, we you know we um, have a focus on as part of what I do day to day, or as Justin does as well. You know, you know, looking at our um, sort of public sector customers, and that's a pretty broad category. 
Um, but one of the things that we look at is to say, well, actually, you, you know, through all of this stuff, and there is some really cool and interesting things that are available to us that we are interested in using day to day. But just going back to that point around audio conferencing, you know, we've got value that we can offer mm. just to, just to, just in sa- just in saving money on offer audio conferencing and how we do these things. But can you, like, uh, as you say, we've known each other far too long. I don't, you think back, um, I've now been 12 years at Cisco. It, it was probably about 10 years ago we were doing audio conference. But I, there, uh, there was a number of occasions where I'd be in the shower when that audio conference was taking place. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that, actually. I've shared many a hotel room with Andy. Nothing nothing dodgy, but I have. Can we please not take this away? Please don't take it anywhere back. We were, we were I'm just not taking it, it back. I'm not taking it I was just, just endorsing what Andy said, which was that on occasion, <laughs> and, <you laughs> on know, an audio conference. And it, and it brings it back to that miserable experience again. An yeah. audio conference. And it, you think in public sector where audio conferencing is still quite heavily used. Yeah. It's a miserable experience. You mm. don't feel engaged. You don't even feel involved. Um, so, and, uh, and a lot of the information being um, uh, put to you is not retained. So I mm. think, um, you know, it's just a, and that's quite an easy migration away from an audio conference onto a web conference mm. that has video built in. Because mm. it does, though, isn't it? The one thing I, 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 I mean, I was on one on Monday for... You're always on one. Oh, <laughs> shut up. You're really oh. sighing at me today. No, because you're taking the mic out of me. Get no, no, no. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but I was on a video conference. I wasn't off on one. I was on a video <laughs> conference, and it was. And it, because you're on video, you do. You, you, you can feel it yourself. You're going. I'm paying attention because I'm in. I'm, I'm even though I'm not in the room. I'm in the room. If you know what I mean. Oh, it's totally. You know, you think what you're trying to do. Right? This, this. Um, I was going to say this is the optimal experience, but it's not quite the optimal experience. But that's probably because of the company I'm with. <laughs> But you know what? What, what from both panels? What, what is what is the ideal um, optimal experience? Is when you're physically in a room. We, we, you mentioned with the fact that we're human, and um, as humans, we just like to interact. And you need to eyeball each other, right? You know, you're in a larger group. You want to go. Is what I'm saying resonating? And I can just for the people listening, these two people have both nodded off. But it's are, are they are they listening? Are they you know are they nodding? You know, you can see with a look in the eye. Um, you can then interact, you start whiteboarding in the physical room. So what you just described there, um, Justin, is the fact that you want to try and replicate this as closely as you possibly can. And so the, hence the reason why we go for like telepresence systems as opposed to you know, uh, small cameras that might give you that almost kind of m- miserable video experience. It's not, it's not replicating the meeting here in high definition. Um, and that's where you're trying to get it to. And then it's like, how easy can it look like you're sharing a whiteboard and it's live? Hence the Sparkboard introduction. So, you know, you, and the thing we've done with the cameras, with the 4K cameras and the way we've used the audio is that it means people can move around the room, but the people on the receiving end almost feel like they're in the room. So it's not changing that experience going, oh, can you stand a bit closer to the camera, please? Yeah, and, and, and the interesting thing is I, I had a really, really, really positive um, collaboration experience with, 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 with Sparkboard. And it was, a, it was that like the before, during and after piece because it was very... Um, uh, we had a meeting. We have an executive briefing center, and we bring customers in. And I walked into the room, and it detected I was in the room. So we created a space already. So we created a space with myself, the account manager. The customer had already downloaded Spark, mm-hmm. the Spark app. So he was detected as well. So we had a Spark room already. I then went off on one. I did go off on one, but I was on a, on a positive <laughs> way of telling him I was evangelizing our new um, networking technology, network intuitive. You can listen to that podcast as well if you want to. But but it, but then I whiteboarded, and I wipe, and then they went, oh, can I? T-? And they went to get the phone out, and I went, you don't have to take a picture of it. I went, you don't have to. 
is in the spark space. Is that my? Is it room or space? I'm gonna make space. Space, fine. Room will in, do. Whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was in there, and it was great. And so I shared it with them, and then I put my slides in there, and then afterwards we had the, we already had the spark group then going on to continue the that meeting afterwards. What were the actions from the meeting, and we could continually communicate and collaborate with that customer, and that was a real and that was a public sector customer. So I'm not going to name them, but it was a great experience. And from that, they were going. We were the meeting was about something else. The outcome ended up more around collaboration. I can't believe it wasn't the lead theme, but um, but just just to kind of add and build on that slightly as well is that remembering that the whiteboarding capability, you don't need to be you don't need to have a spark board to whiteboard, all right? There needs to be a um, a uh, a spark board in the account somewhere, but you can whiteboard off of, off an iPhone, you can whiteboard off an Android phone, you can whiteboard off a tablet. So this is a bit where we're not saying that this doesn't need to be all Cisco technology. We just meant that people on the remote end, and they could be on that train, providing it has the right connectivity, um, that they can actually join in and feel as if they're actually part of that meeting. And the other thing that I think we sometimes miss, and it's probably because we like to sell things, is that the Spark client can initially just be downloaded free. So the, the ability for the customers coming into the briefing center, but just to trial Spark and test it, and just go, do you know what, this does everything we want it to do. And for those people who've already got um, an installed uh, communication manager or a, a, or a premise-based video system, it ties into all of those things. And that, that leads me nicely, which I don't think was your deliberate segue, onto Spark Flex. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Now, this, if you remember back about three hours ago, we mentioned around subscription and how you make you, the you migration. You did mention it. You did right? mention it. So Flex is... Really, it's, a, it's the ability to turn either a premise or a cloud-based or a hybrid environment around collaboration into a subscription. So it doesn't matter whether somebody's already bought a load of uh, Cisco collaboration equipment, even in silos, in, into maybe a communication manager, or they've bought telepresence separately, or they've bought WebEx separately. What we're effectively doing is we're providing a way in which you can convert that into a cost per user per month. So everything will turn into a cost per user per month. Um, and th for those people that have already bought those items historically, we'll buy the perpetual license back and build it into the subscription moving forward. So they're not penalized. It's not like those building societies that are glad when they've attracted you in, but then um, reward new customers more than, more, more than existing customers. This is where we, we look after the customers we've got, but we also look at net new. So this is converting it into a cost per user per month, meaning that the customer can migrate to a cloud environment at the pace in which they want to migrate, not by being forced by a vendor. So they want to take a small component of it and say, well, we'd like to do web conferencing now in the cloud. They can do that. Go, actually, do you know what? We'll start to convert some of these video endpoints to being cloud-connected rather than premise-based. So they're Spark um, uh, video endpoints. So that migration can occur over a period of time and not in one big go, which means that sometimes the customer goes, oh, am I going to be in a, almost like a buying silo and so i'm going to defer this decision because i want to see what's going to happen in the future around migrating so they account. don't you can avoid the big bang the massive totally. forklift refresh and that sort of thing and they can just migrate themselves onto a more of a a subscription-based model in their own time as and when they're ready completely completely it just gives that and it's it works for both our partners and it works for our customers and, so does, subs do and does subscription work for customers do, is that what they're wanting is that what you're seeing in the market definitely you know they, they, the, the whole when you're looking at i mentioned annuity earlier but that's that's where the 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 customer's kind of driving that transition not us 
right? That movement towards annuity and subscription is it's a market-driven transition. Because our model of, 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 of selling something on a CapEx-based model is working very well and has done since our inception. But really the market's saying we no longer want to work that way. We want to consume um, technology in a far different way, in a more manageable way, and in a more predictable way around what the cost will be over a period of time. So it's almost like an enterprise agreement, but just flexing it and now in a lot of flexibility in terms of how they deploy over, over a term. And the, the flex side of thing, if I've understood it correctly, is that I, it doesn't matter what, I, you, when you have a flex license or a flex subscription, you can turn on all the features and functionality, not just some of them. Correct. Yeah, at the pace in which you want to do them. So you're effectively buying the rights for a, a, a kind of a full deployment of all the rich uh, collaboration applications, but you deploy at a time in which you want to do. So you can start with meetings. And so actually, we quite like, we've got a partner who's got a hosted communication service. We'd like to start to build that in. And then we'd like to interconnect that with a hybrid services um, environment. And so you can start to pull these together. So, so you could say, well, okay, we've gone from an on-prem, we can go to an off-prem, to like into a cloud for, for, for calling. You can have going that way. You could then go, do you know what? Let's, let's go straight to meetings on video in the cloud. Let's do that. And then, oh, we want to turn, oh, but we want to do the, the spark messaging and the persistent messaging. Well, we want to do that. Oh, but you don't have to turn it on straight away. But you know you've already got those licenses and the rights to use those functions. He's become an expert already, isn't he? Well, he's, he's, he's learned a lot these last few months. <laughs> I have. I have. I had to do some reading up, didn't I? Oh, um, so we, is it? Is there anything else you want want to cover? Because I think you've covered everything we put in our on our whiteboard. <laughs> I don't think so. Other than the fact that um, where do you think West Ham will finish in the league? <laughs> uh, below us, <laughs> and, and above Cardiff. There you go. <laughs> That's a guarantee. That's as much as we can if say. We'll I'll put some links into the uh, into the blog post when I, that goes with this podcast as well, for, for, so you can get some more information on this as well. Because I'm sure there'd be some good things that customers can go away and have a look at. Is there? Perfect. Thanks for joining us today, Andy. It's really good fun. And uh, thank you, Joachim. And uh, you can definitely come on the next podcast. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Um, James. Thanks for listening. And if you want to contact the podcast, you can via uh, Twitter at Justin Woolen, email uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com, 2Ls1L. Connect with us on uh, LinkedIn as well. If you like the show, if you liked any, if you're interested in some of the podcasts, go back and listen to the one on uh, Spark as well that Zubair did was very good, and uh, also the one on Data Center. Just in case to get Yokum's Data Center, yeah, yeah, to get uh, Yokum's listening uh, listens up as well. Thanks very much for listening. (laughs) 